when we create our own mental prisons, it's an opportunity for us to grow, but it is limiting us, right? People in prison, they have lost their freedoms. And many times we create these mental prisons that make us think that we've lost our freedoms when we haven't. God has given us free will and we have control over two things, our attitude and our activity. And it doesn't matter if you are in a prison or not in a prison, you have control over those things. Welcome to the Faith Inspire podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. Perfectionism, overscheduling, and people-pleasing. These are all types of mental prisons we put ourselves in. And as my guest Tabitha Perry, a life coach and the host of the Life Edit podcast knows, mental prisons aren't much different from the physical prisons she's worked in. If you are feeling like you are trapped in a cyclical mental prison that keeps you from experiencing life's fullness, you will want to listen in as we talk about the different types of mental prisons you can find yourself in and how to break free from the mental prisons that are holding you back. Today is your day to break free. Hey, Tabitha, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thanks for having me. I am happy to be here, Erica. Yeah, same here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today, and we're going to be talking about mental prisons. But before we jump in, I'd love for you to share your background because you have a really unique background that really pairs well with our conversation today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I like to introduce myself as I am Tabitha Perry, a strong and courageous, bold, and consistent child of God. I think it's so important that you know, when we introduce ourselves, I could say I'm a mom, a wife, a life coach, all the things, but those are things that I aspire to and uh, I feel like they define me. So I was actually born and raised in Alaska uh, in Juneau, which you cannot fly or drive. I mean, you can, blah, you cannot drive in or out of it. You can only fly or take a boat. And it was very isolating. And I just learned to kind of operate on my own as an only child. I just really had to enjoy being by myself. Then my mom was an incredible role model in my life, and she brought in like a bunch of the neighborhood kids to be around me. And so one of them was Alex. And so we became friends at three. And honestly, he's was my brother or is my brother still. And uh, But at 14, he decided to make some choices that landed him in juvenile detention center. And I knew that he was an amazing guy. I knew that he was my brother and that I loved him and that he was not defined by the things that he had done. And so at that point, God kind of gave me this way of looking at people where I didn't look at their past crimes, the things that they've done, but just in who God had made them to be. And so fast forward, I um, started my bachelor's in criminal justice and then started working in the justice system at 20, working with people coming out of prison and just absolutely loved the idea of helping people when they have had a lot of chaos in their life. 
And then fast forward, I ended up getting into life coaching because I wanted to be able to continue to help people, but you know, just in a very different way. So that's kind of the, <laughs> the I don't know, spark note version of my life. What a blessing really for God to show you or give you kind of that learning at a young age. I mean, I'm still learning that as an adult that, you know, the judgment piece, you know, we're called not to judge and that everybody's the same. And, um, you know, you genuinely do that as I believe as a Christian, but you get into the the cyclical nature of that sometimes. So what a blessing that God really showed you that your brother Alex was an amazing man, just made some poor choices. And choices really ties well when we're talking about life coaching. And, you know, as a life coach as well, you know, I understand your lane about encouraging women and really wanting to support them. But um, to me, I'm really, really curious about how you really went from prisons to life coaching, because that is such a different feel, such a different vibe, such a different experience of working with individuals. So tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you and how you made that transition. Growing up, my dad always told me, like, never work for yourself. It's the worst thing you can do. Just go get a job, a nine to five, have a boss. It's just so much easier. So I literally operated from that standpoint until I decided to stay home with my kids. And I realized I had two conflicting desires. I wanted to work like a nine to five job because that was supposedly what was safest and the right thing to do. But I also wanted to be home with my kids. And so I knew that I needed to become more creative (laughs) with a solution because it wasn't going to work just being a stay-at-home mom. I needed to be able to use the abilities that God had given me. And so he started kind of introducing life coaching into my life, which I was not impressed with (laughs) at first because I'd gone to school. I was going to be a counselor. And again, I just had this idea that you needed to work for someone and having your own business would be really stressful and just too much. Well, then again, God just showed me that when I am strong and courageous, I don't have to have those limiting beliefs. I don't have to believe that I have to have a boss or I have to work nine to five, that I can work, you know, nine to one and then pick up my kids and still be a good mom. So it was just this amazing adventure of shifting my thinking from this like limited scarcity mindset of I won't have enough time or patience or knowledge to operate on my own, to, wow, life coaching is truly amazing. And people get to bring in everything that they've learned from their life, right? Like, yes, I have, you know, my master's in social work and was a counselor. And that is very helpful. But the fact that I'm an only child, I'm from Alaska, that I've gone through some trauma, that I've worked in the prisons, those are some things that have really given me an edge too to help women because I understand chaos. I've had chaos in my life. I've worked with clients that have chaos. And so again, just having God start to weave it all together has been really, really sweet. And it has made me see that, again, women in prison are no different than us that are not in prison. Like He made us all in His image. What a story and what a journey. And you had mentioned a few of your own mental prisons there, but I believe, you know, most of us, all of us understand what a physical prison is, you know, the actual physical location that people go to when they make poor decisions and choices and how they're bound to that location for a certain amount of time. But mental prisons, that can get a little fuzzy and a little blurry. 
what does a mental prison really mean? What What is the meaning of a mental prison? And then I think let's go into what types of mental prisons there are as well. Yeah. So a physical prison, like you said, is it's containing people. It's giving them an opportunity to think about what they've done, hopefully get some treatment and give them an opportunity to grow and to develop. I realize not everyone looks at prison that way, but that's how I've, I've learned to look at it. When we create our own mental prisons, um, it's an opportunity for us to grow, but it is limiting us, right? People in prison, they have lost their freedoms. And many times we create these mental prisons that make us think that we've lost our freedoms when we haven't. God has given us free will and we have control over two things, our attitude and our activity. And it doesn't matter if you are in a prison or not in a prison, you have control over those things. And so a prison really is kind of defined by anything that's limiting you from stepping into your fullest God-given potential. And so, yeah, some of those prisons can be, at least I've struggled with, is perfectionism, you know, feeling like things need to look a certain way, that it has to be whatever my ideal is, right? And so if you really kind of unpack perfectionism, it it falls apart. Like it's not a helpful thing to have. It doesn't mean that I I think I'm better than anyone. In fact, it means that I don't think that I'm as good as everyone and therefore I have to put on a show. And so perfectionism has been something that I have constantly had to fight against and kind of continue to unlock that prison door and like step out of. And then other times I'll put myself back into it. Another one is people pleasing. This idea that we need to please our children all the time, our husbands, our family, our clients. People pleasing can just, again, start to really weigh on us and restrict us from stepping into our fullest potential. You know, when we are constantly pleasing our kids, maybe then we're not teaching them to be disciplined. If we're constantly always just doing exactly what our husband wants, maybe we're losing ourselves, and he's kind of forgetting who we are as well. So being able to identify who it is that we are is so important. Really good. Those are so good. And perfectionism is something that I struggle with as well. I think most women, and I don't want a blanket statement that, but most humans do struggle with that. And I'm not sure if that has something to do with the fall, the fall of man. And um, that's just one of the things that we have to deal with now on this side. Um, And in fact, I know that is part of a sin, but yeah, it's just a huge struggle for women in general. And so it's, it's a huge struggle for me as well. And that people pleasing, I think just as women, we're caretakers for the most part, and we love to make sure that people are happy or feeling good. So that can just be really, really a struggle. I know that I experience that when working with my clients, I just want to make sure that they have a great outcome. I think in all reality, it's not up to us. It's up to God and up to themselves to make that decision and make things happen. And so Thank you for sharing those two because they really hit home to me as well. So how can, you know, if you acknowledge that you have this perfectionism issue or this this mental prison of perfectionism or a mental prison of people pleasing or even some other ones um, that we had talked about before are like, you know, over scheduling and just high expectations or having low expectations. Like how do you break free from those mental prisons that just keep you bound and keep you from experiencing true freedom? Yeah. So being able to tap into like whose you are, right? Like God created us. Like he is such an amazing free 
entity. (laughs) He wants us to be free too. And so it's so important to remember who he is and his power and his faithfulness and love and grace and strength. So when we go back to who God is, I think that's the initial thing that we need to do. Because many times when we're stuck in perfectionism, we're focusing on ourselves. When we're stuck, you know, in the mental prison of people pleasing, we're focusing on others. So being able to focus on God is the first thing. The second thing to do is to look at ourselves, not in a way that we lift ourselves up as high as God, but we also need to validate that God did give us a lot of amazing abilities and that we have the opportunity to live those out and to be strong and courageous and all of the truths that the Bible says about who we are because we are created in God's image. Those are the two initial things. So when I work with women in prison, you know, a lot of times I may not be able to talk about the Lord, but I'm able to ask them who they are, like their strengths, their their values, what it is that they feel that they're really good at. And then I think the most, not the most important, but like another really important aspect of breaking out of your mental prison is to know what you want, to know what God wants. So I can want to break free from perfectionism, but what's the alternative, right? It's like a habit. You can't just get rid of it. Like something has to fill that. You have to replace it with something. So if I don't want perfectionism, I'm wanting freedom. I'm wanting authenticity. I'm wanting genuineness. And that is messy. And perfectionism, you know, it's a lot of it is about avoiding the mess because a mess looks vulnerable and vulnerability can be really, really scary. I'm sure that there's some listeners on here, you know, and I have clients and I'm sure Erica, you have clients too, that vulnerability is really, really hard, but God wants us to be free and to know that we can trust him with the vulnerability, right? With all the good and the bad and that um, he wants us to be free and to really just feel the freedom to remember who he is, remember who we are, and then to remember what we want. Like, what is it that he wants for us? What is it that we want for us? We all have these seeds in our hearts that God has put in, like very, very specific things. And so many times we push them out of the way. So I really feel like breaking out of our prisons, we need to know like what it is that it looks like and what it is that we're going towards. The next step, the next natural step would be once you know it, once you know what God wants, what you want would be actually taking action on it. Yeah. What are some ways that you have, because you mentioned perfectionism and I did as well. What are some ways that you have really tried to take action in a tangible way to start to break free of that and kind of chisel it down? Mm -hmm. So some of the things is even just acknowledging when I do things wrong, (laughs) you know, like telling my husband I did something wrong or I messed up in a certain way, but not in like a judgment, like judging myself. I'm just saying it. I'm, it is a literal fact. I will try to literally say things that are objective without any emotion or meaning or weight on them. And that also plays out when I journal too. I'll journal out, you know, thoughts that I don't feel like I should have, but you know what? I need to get them out. So those are some tangible ways for perfectionism. And also like having my I am statement, going back to who I want to be. And again, I don't operate out of strength and courage and boldness and consistency all the time, but it is a great statement for me to come back to and have that foundation. I really feel like that's a great tangible way too for women to stay grounded and to have an I am statement. You know, figure out 
what those characteristics are that you want to step into that will help you feel free and, you know, do all the things that you're feeling God's wanting you to do. Yeah, a great way to make you feel empowered. I think the word empowered was coming to my mind there. You know, I am already declaring I am this, even when you don't feel that when you are weak. And that's just such a great thing, you know, just so connecting to the Lord because He is the I am. He already is that strength. He already is everything that we strive to be. And so just having your own I am statement of, you know, I believe that I am strong. I believe that I'm confident. I believe that I am consistent. And saying that over and over and over again to yourself is just incredibly empowering. And there's something to be said about saying those things, you know, I've talked about it before on the podcast, or I've had guests talk about it before, but how, you know, your your brain believes things even if they actually haven't happened. So like if you start to tell yourself these things, you're in a way kind of tricking your mind to really believe them and your body is going to respond to that. Your mind is going to respond to that. So making sure that you are empowering yourself with those statements is just so beautiful. Yeah. And I love that you pointed that out because our brains are fabulous. Like God created us in such a miraculous way that when we think things, which is why we need to think positive things, because when we think negative things, our brain is actually thinking that's happening, right? And you know, part of perfectionism too was that I would ruminate on thoughts, right? Because I'd want to have like the perfect outcome. And so I would come up with scenarios in my mind that were not helpful. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, if I just come up with all the different ways things could go wrong, then I can come up with solutions. (laughs) But to your point, that's not helpful because your brain actually thinks that that is happening. And so being able to take your thoughts captive, right? And being able to step into who God made you to be and not have your brain create a mental prison for you because ultimately we get to control our brain. And I think that, you know, it's just so important that we empower ourselves to remember that just because our brain thinks a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way that we have to think, that we can take those thoughts captive. Beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. This has just been such a fun conversation for me to think about my own mental prisons and how I can really break free. And as you had mentioned, you are a life coach now to, I believe, both men and women. And so I'd love for you to talk about you know, where individuals can connect with you to connect and either get coached by you, or you also have a podcast called the Life Edit Podcast. And so I'd love for you to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I love working with women specifically just because I think that being a woman can really connect, right, with all of the different things, (laughs) all the responsibilities that we have going on and being able to take that chaos and create order. That's really kind of where I love to kind of niche down is when we feel like our life's just a little crazy and being able to simplify, which I know you and Erica and I, we get to just talk about why we like simplification. But that can look different for each person. And I think that it's so cool to be around clients who are wanting to really create order in their life because God created everything with order, right? He is not a God of chaos. He wants us to to really rely on Him and to have clear vision in our life and to take that time. So another thing with my podcast too is that, you know, breaking down bigger problems into smaller pieces. Um, I like to call them edits, which is why it's called the Life Edit Podcast. So being able to make those small edits in our life are really important because God can work in the big and in the small. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can they find you on social media or your website? How can they connect with you to get started? 
Absolutely. So I'm on Facebook, uh, Tab of the Period Life Coach, as well as Instagram. And um, you can also find my website, taboftheperry.coach. Wonderful. Thank you so very much for being on. And before we jump off, I want to ask you one last question. You have just brought me so much joy in our conversations before this have brought me joy as well. So I want to know what has brought you joy today? You know what? Honestly, doing this podcast because what we tried for the past 30 minutes before recording this particular one (laughs) and um, just perseverance. It brings me joy to be around women who are willing to persevere when things are hard. So (laughs) you brought me joy, Erica. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Same here. Same here. Yeah. And the listeners wouldn't know, but we had a rough half hour go at recording before this, but this one, God had his hand all over it. So we, we made it through and it was beautiful. And thank you so much, Tabitha, for being on. And thank you for persevering with me to get this recorded and just for sharing your knowledge and your heart and just helping other women break through those mental prisons. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Erica. Did you identify mental prisons of your own? If so, what tangible task will you do today to start to break free of its entanglement? I will move ahead with a motto of done beats perfect every time I feel the anxiety rise for perfectionism. Because God hasn't called me to be perfect, just to be obedient to what he calls me to do. Remember whose you are and who you are and begin those little tangible steps to experience the freedom God has for you. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you feel like you're armed with knowledge by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could break free from their mental prison walls with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.